Welcome to the Echo Cast, episode 95. This is a podcast about the division, the division two, the whole franchise, news speculation, and basically anything else gaming related I feel like talking about. I am Bond Diesel. I do division stuff and lots of other things, but enough about me. Today on the Echo Cast, we are going to talk about the state of the game recap. It was a good one. Uh, We'll talk about the Xbox next-gen exclusives and how it was reported, Uh, some Division 2 community topics, a bunch of listener questions, and some content updates. Before we get started, if you would like to support this podcast or any of my other content, please check out patreon.com slash theechocast. I want to thank this month's Patreon supporters, Hassan, Christian, Darren, Justin, Tim, PK, and DJ. All right, so I'm going to jump right into the state of the game recap and then give some of my thoughts on it. Today we had Hamish, Thylander, and Drew Reckner talking about uh, more details of the post-Episode 3 revamp um, that they are, uh, or some people have been calling, the RPG 2.0 update for Division 2. They talked about how uh, some current issues with the game um, have a lot to do with the gear and guns and how um, the changes that are coming basically result um, from a year of feedback on Division 2 and a lot of their own experiences as well. Uh, these changes uh, need to come with the context that um, they'll come with new things to do and a new power level, uh, which I take as a new world tier. So um, we'll talk about that more in a moment. Um, they made clear that all current gear will be updated um, when the switch happens, but they you know, want to share how that's actually going to happen because there's lots of big changes coming to um, what's available. So gear is going to have to change quite a bit, even what you already have. Um, they showed uh, the new gear display um, and how it makes it really clear how quote-unquote good each roll is on a piece of gear that you have. And by showing where it falls in the potential RNG range of each stat. Uh, the current budget system that balances the stats is going to be gone. Which means that in theory, you could have a god roll piece drop that everything on that piece is a perfect roll. Um, that currently um, can't happen. In the, in the Division 2 as it's been for the first year, um, it, it was worked out where... If there, if you had four stats on a piece of gear, um, if one was really good, the, all the rest of them would suck. And um, I see why they did that at first. I think I kind of understand the logic behind it. Um, but unfortunately, it just didn't work, <laughs> or it's not been a great thing to do. And so I think that um, they're making a good choice by getting rid of that. Um, and that's one of the things that, if anything, is going to kind of almost reach back uh, to the Division One in a way. Uh, they also are changing the way that uh, the gun damage is displayed as well. So uh, you'll also have this this bar on um, on the gear screen when you look at a gun that will show you really quickly and easily 
uh, where the damage roll on a particular gun falls in its potential range. Um, one way that you can tell that something is God rolled a specific stat is it will have kind of like a um, an orange highlight on it. So if you get super duper crazy lucky, you, you'll have a piece drop that everything is highlighted orange and you'll know that's going to be one of these these God roll things. Um, it sounds like recalibration is going to come into this as well, but they said that they're going to talk about that next week. Uh, they talked about how all brands are getting revamped. Um, the ones that they showed us, I think it was Overlord they showed, actually had, I think, a headshot damage as the as the two-piece, which is nice. Um, right now, I would say most of the brands are kind of pointless to use past the one or two-piece. Some of them are worth it for all three, but not really. Um, and all gear now um, is going to have a core attribute, which is either going to be some type of damage roll or a skill tier. Um, I'm not really sure what skill tier means yet. They didn't explain it today, but apparently that's going to be one of the really big topics of conversation next week during the stay of the game. Um, they so and in, in what I think is probably the biggest change uh, that I wasn't really expecting is they're going to remove talents from all of the gear besides the backpack and chest. So gloves, face mask, knee pads will all just roll stats and attributes now, but will not actually have gear talents. And then they're revamping all of the talents that are going to come on the backpack and the chest rigs. Um, the, the explanation here was they're, they're trying to simplify uh, and make farming uh, more effective if you're looking for specific things, while also keeping the complexity and the potential complexity that people really like about this game uh, and by doing this, um, I think people need to realize as well that this means that they can balance things better. But again, I'll wait to talk about my own opinions. Uh, they did state that exotic gear pieces that aren't a chest rig or a backpack can still, like, will still have their talent. Uh, and that's something that people will have to take into consideration when they're making a build. They also said that gear sets um, will have talents and what their talents will do is boost the gear set's inherent bonus um, depending on how many pieces of that gear set. So if there's a gear set that does a thing, if you wear one piece of it or two pieces, it'll boost that thing it does a little bit. But if you wear all four pieces, it'll boost it by a lot. But you're going to be giving up things in other parts of the build. Um, they said that there will be talents that um, are, are meant to kind of be synergistic. Um, one in particular they showed was a talent that if you heal someone else with like a chem launcher, um, they get a damage a damage bonus for a certain amount of time. Um, and the bonus, you can give that bonus to yourself, but the bonus that you get is half of what you give to your fellow teammates. So this is something that, you know, you could still use it on you and get some little bonus out of it, but you'll be way more effective if you're using it on other people. Uh, they did say that named items will still be a big thing, and what's um, going to be special about named items, uh, I believe both guns and uh, gear, is going to be that they will have a perfect um, stat that is higher than even a god roll stat on like a normal piece of gear. Uh, and another really big change that they announced kind of towards the end is damage to elites as a stat is going to be removed entirely. Um, it, it seems like they basically think what, and a lot of people have been saying this for a long time, is that 
it's just kind of a lazy stat and it gets to the point where people stack it so much or have so much of it that you actually end up killing like elite level enemies faster than reds which shouldn't happen <laughs> that's um that's not the way the game is supposed to work um this is uh, in my opinion a more extreme move um from what they did a while back when they got rid of stacking talents on gear uh, so one, you won't be able to stack it because I assume that chess pieces and backpacks won't be able to drop the same talents. And now you, um, we just won't have damage to elites at all. So it's going to be much more based on people making builds that are based on damage or armor or um, skill tiers, whatever that is. Um, they did show like an example of a build that was kind of a glass cannon type build that had a little bit of armor on it. Um, they didn't go real deep into it, but it seems like they're essentially trying to make it where um, if you want to try to do like a balance build, you can. But if you end up going against someone who does go full glass cannon or full, you know, defense or full skill power, um, you're going to suffer against them. Where right now, that's not really the case. Right now, you can just make kind of a balance build and pretty much handle everyone, which leads to everyone doing that. Um, and it seems like there's going to be some changes put in. Um, that are going to essentially get rid of the current meta of people having five, six, even 700,000 armor, uh, which is not the way the game was supposed to be played. Okay, so my thoughts on it, um, I, I can be fairly brief. I, I think this is all really good stuff. Um, the way they describe this whole change is that it's like kind of three pillars of the game are being adjusted. Um, this gear change, all of these gear changes, they described as one pillar. Um, next week, talking about um, how skill uh, power is changing and how the recalibration and crafting system is changing, it sounds like significantly, uh, are the other two pillars. So um, I honestly think the information we got today stands up pretty well on its own, um, but I am really curious to find out what um, they seem really confident about this whole idea of um, the changes that we're going to hear about next week um, are really impactful on what we heard today. Um, I think that what we've seen so far, um, you know, I, I made a post last night on Twitter. Uh, it's at Bond Diesel if you want to follow me. Uh, and I said, like, hey, just before this day of the game, please realize that no matter what they say, there's going to be a number of people who are going to be negative about what they say, no matter what, which was true. Um, but I will say that the overall feel I've gotten from kind of paying attention to the various social medias is that um, this this is a good change in the long run. Um, it seems like a lot of the issues people have is that they feel like it's simplifying everything too much. Um, I think it is simplifying um, builds and gear, uh, but it should. Um, I I think that right now Division Two is kind of needlessly complicated, um, and what and and by simplifying that it does two things. Um, it makes it easier for more casual people um, to make interesting, unique builds, which I think is really important. And two, I think it makes it way easier for the devs to balance things and balance the game in general. And as much as PvP players have complained that they've been neglected in this game, I think they actually kind of have a point. I, you know, I think we've gotten I think one stay of the game that talked about PvP, and it was introducing a new conflict mode that. I don't know if anyone's playing, um, but I think this change uh, is kind of a way for them to simplify the gear game to make it easier to try to balance PVP um, and to try to make that experience better for the people who want it. Um, I, I think that there is a potential where 
it may simplify it too much and something clearly becomes meta, but even right now in the much more complicated situation, it's that's the case anyways. So um, I, I'm excited to see how they're going to handle um, that. Um, I'm really hoping at some point, like I have been very vocal about not really giving a damn about PVP in this game. I, I never really felt like it was that good in the first game. And in the second game, I kind of enjoyed it right when the game came out until people figured out how to, basically abuse all the mechanics and stuff. Um, I just, I don't come to division for my PVP. I play call of duty or now escape from Tarkov or other games for that thrill. Um, but I still think the people who want that experience, um, that that should be respected. Um, I've said before, I think destiny two actually handles the PVP, um, in this type of genre really well. And, um, I think that's where it seems like it's kind of a casual thing, but there are people who do take it seriously and enjoy it, but it's something that seems like kind of everyone can jump in and have fun. And what I really see from the way that they're changing gear in division two is, you know, I, I've, I think I've played, you know, 20, 30 hours of destiny two. I've, I've, I've leveled up a few characters. So I've probably played more than that. And, and I've, and I've progressed through some of the DLC. I just can't get into destiny. But what I will say is that it seems like this definitely is kind of a destiny inspired change when it comes to the gear where there is enough complication that you can get funky with it if you want, but um, enough simplification that you can just kind of simply throw, throw some things on that vaguely work together and go. So um, I really think that these gear changes, especially I think once we see everything, all the new and revamped talents, all the new and revamped brands, the new and revamped gear sets and all of that stuff. I think once we see it all in one spot with all of these other changes that are coming, whatever the skill power changes, I think it's going to end up being a really, really good thing overall. Okay. So um, I, I'm going to kind of leave it there to be totally honest. If you want to see um, some of the examples, they showed a decent number of like screenshots and things like that. I suggest if you want to see that um, to go check it out. Uh, check out the VOD either on YouTube or Twitch or I think Mixer. Probably You can probably watch on there as well. Um, and yeah, I, I think this was good. I'm really interested to see how this rolls into the other two quote-unquote pillars of change next week. Um, and then the week after that, they're going to talk about episode three and what it is. Um, we know that it's basically two missions, a new specialization, some classified assignments, maybe some new stuff we know we have a new exotic weapon coming it's a vector that's in a rifle round and has a chameleon skin and an infrared scope thing on it so uh, i'll be curious to see more about that um and uh whatever these two new missions are we know that they're in new york so um even though i know that episode three already seems like kind of a letdown to a lot of people um it is to me in a way without even knowing what it is because i think we all wanted more um i still think that you know it, it can still be a fun thing especially knowing that all of these changes that they talked about today are coming hopefully shortly after episode three okay so in some other gaming news um a topic that's important to me is um it was uh released today by microsoft they said that um, the xbox series x their new system that's coming out this winter um will have no series x next gen exclusives for a year or potentially more so what was really interesting about this is that the headline that a bunch of really crappy journalists ran with was new xbox will have no exclusives for one to two years and 
that's clickbait and that's sensationalism and that's BS. <laughs> that's a thing I'm I'm not real cool with in my own life. Um, anyone who fo- who has followed me in the division community, for better or worse, it's something that I've not been very tolerant of in the community. And in this situation where I'm a little bit of an Xbox fanboy, um, it really it really grinded my gears because what that headline was meant to do was to kind of slow jerk all of the people who um, aren't really into this whole idea of they're used to the old idea of new generations in gaming. So, you know, PS1 to PS2, PS3 to PS4, um, the Xbox to 360 to Xbox One, where when there's a new gen, it was a clean slate and you start over every time. Now, it sounds like the Sony has basically come out and said that's what they're going to do. They're going to have backwards compatibility, but any new games that come out for the PS5 will not work on the PS4. What Xbox has said is that for a year or two, the new games that come out, at least the AAA, at least the exclusive games, are not are, are going to work on the Xbox One, One S, and One X, as well as the Series X. And... For me, watching people's reaction to this has been really interesting. Um, I know a lot of people who know me in the Division community know me as an Xbox player, um, but I actually got my start um, in gaming uh, as a PC player um, when I was a real little kid with our People PC and our 28K connection. And uh, I still remember buying my first video card. It was such a glorious day. And in hindsight, it was like it would look like a network card now. But um, what's been interesting is that you can definitely tell the people who are either Sony fans or who don't really get PC gaming are looking at this like, oh, uh, the Xbox is still going to be able to play Halo Infinite, um, just like the series in the Series X. Oh, well, they're going to have to hold back Halo Infinite um, to to work on the Xbox One, uh, which means it's going to suffer for the Series X. Um, because essentially that's the that's the stand that PlayStation is taking in this next gen. Um, they're saying, you know, we want to take full advantage of what the, the PS5 can offer. And we don't think the PS4, um, you know, the hundred plus million consoles we sold, we don't think those people are worth catering to anymore. Uh, that's probably a little dramatic. But what what I don't think people understand is that the way gaming works now... Um, is as far as I can tell, and from what I've heard and read, is that nowadays games that are on the PC as well as consoles are designed for top of the line PCs. They design it to look ridiculous on your, you know, Ryzen 7, whatever, you know, 3970 crazy, you know, super expensive processor with your 2080 Ti Super and 64 gigs of RAM. Um, and it's designed with your ray tracing. It's supposed to, it's, it looks amazing. But the way that game engines work now, most modern engines, is that they're super easy to scale down, which is why you have a game like Fortnite, say, that works and looks incredible on a high-end PC or even on an Xbox or PlayStation or even on a dang Switch or cell phone. You know, the reason that works is because these engines now can scale so well. And so what um, So what people, I think, are 
either purposefully ignoring or um, conveniently um, or just ignorant about is that, you know, it's not like it used to be. If people remember back with the Xbox and the PlayStation 2. And um, if people don't remember, there were games, I want to say it was like uh, Ghost Recon, maybe Advance Warrior, where or maybe it was Ghost Recon 2. I think that might have been it. But there were games back then that the PC got one version. Um, the, the PlayStation would get another version of the same game and the Xbox would get a third version. And not only were they, they slightly different, they, these games are significantly different, literally made by different studios. Um, and then, you know, as time has gone on, you know, you've seen like console games get poured to the PC, which is kind of rough sometimes, but modern games don't really work like that anymore. And, and it's been really interesting watching the reaction to how it seems like Xbox is treating the series X, um, kind of the way they did with the Xbox one X when the one X came out, it offered, you know, a boost in power and various, uh, games, had an opportunity to upscale their games to take advantage of that power while still working on the other systems. Uh, Division One w was one of these games. Uh, I want to say five or six months after the Xbox One came out, uh, we got a Division One patch that upscaled it to 4K, um, and it looked great. Now, 4K, quote-unquote, on the Xbox One is 4K resolution, for sure, but it's very dumbed down you know it, it's it's got a lot of things turned off to make it work um the thing is with the series x is that um i i would assume that all of the games that are xbox one x enhanced uh you're going to get that as well on the series x but they're going to be able to flip a bunch more of the nice little switches uh that make the game look even better and it's gonna be able to run it at 60 fps or maybe even you know maybe 120 uh, you know, we'll get, we'll get crazy with that. But to me, it's just been interesting. It, you know, it really annoyed me that these clickbait titles came out by these journalists who know better. And they, they tried to make it seem like something that wasn't that, you know, that, that the way that they read and, and they knew what they were doing was that, that Microsoft and Xbox would not have any exclusive games for two years. Um, and that was really stupid. <laughs> you know, Halo Infinite's going to come out new Hellblade game. And, I'm sure all these studios they have are going to put out a bunch of other games as well. Beyond that, um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting in how people, I, I think that PlayStation is going to be really focused on making sure that they win that console war again, that they can put up that they sold 20, 30, 40, 50 million PS5s um, and more. Uh, where I, I think that people don't realize that I don't think Xbox is super worried about that. One, because they maybe they know that they can't really compete there. And two, because I think Xbox is way more worried about having a bunch of people buying their games and playing on their platform, whether they're doing it on an Xbox One or One S or One X or Series X or even on a PC or even on xCloud. Um, people don't realize that in the next year or two, you're going to be able to have the entire xbox library and not own a pc or an xbox you could just have xcloud on your phone and a controller and play everything that's on their library now you're gonna have to deal with the latency of online streaming play and things like that but in theory you could just have your phone your little galaxy whatever and download the app and buy the games or don't even have to buy the games a lot of them you can just pay 10 bucks a month for um, the pass for the, uh, for the ultimate pass and you just you just get hundreds of games that you can play as much as you want 
Um, so I, I think that what's going to happen with PS5 and Xbox Series X is, you know, the first year or so, it's gonna, um, it's gonna kind of look like PlayStation is really jumping ahead, and they may at the very beginning. But I think in the long run, when people have the option to play on almost anything they want, uh, I think that they're gonna probably win out in the long run in this generation because they're treating customers with respect, and I think Sony is resting on its laurels, and uh, they're gonna sell lots of systems, they're gonna make lots of money. Um, but I really think that they are still working off an, an old blueprint. And I think Xbox and Microsoft are trying to push uh, this whole thing forward. But maybe that's just the um, the Microsoft and Xbox fanboy in me. I don't know. What I do know is that we're about to have a 30-second mid-roll. Okay, so I'm going to talk about some community topics, a bunch of listener questions, a little bit of content updates, and we're going to wrap this baby up. So on the Division 2 subreddit in the last week, um, I saw uh, kind of in what I had said before was you know a big push. It was a post that was made today that was very popular, saying that you know they're really interested in seeing um, the skill power and the world tier changes and stuff like that. And, and that's something when I was reading through the comments, it was... You know, mostly pretty positive stuff, but people being like, I'm really curious to what this skill power change is because um, it, it looks like I I have a feeling that in order to be like a skill player or a skill based player, um, you're going to have to pretty much sacrifice all weapon damage rolls. Um, and, and now hopefully they keep it so that if you do that, you get rewarded with extremely powerful skills. Um, and then they finally really start pushing people into that whole idea of like, you know, you, you do have to sacrifice to be able to not have to shoot where like right now, like on division two, my favorite build I've used for most of the game has been a seeker mine turret build that has pretty good armor and really good weapon damage. And it's, I'm like too good at everything. It's, it, it almost makes the content feel cheap that we do have and not nearly as fun because it's it's relatively easy. So I thought that was a cool discussion. I suggest you check it out if you can. Uh, there was another post that was just optimistically <laughs> uh, posted. It said, you know, Hey, you know, year two's coming. Everyone have patience. Um, and it was nice for me just as someone who tries to kind of preach that idea of just like, you know, let's just see what happens rather than, you know, constantly being on the sensation train. Um, now, obviously, the person caught some crap. Um, I think it's somewhat deserved. I mean, year one, I've talked about it a lot. I won't go into it a lot again, but um, I, I mean, I think year one, from a content perspective, was kind of a bummer. I, I think everyone expected some big fun modes that were something like the Underground or Last Stand or Survival, and the only mode we got was the Expedition, and, and I won't harp on it, but it just it was it that wasn't fun. It, it was it was just there. Um, and then all the missions are great. I said that last week, you know, the, the missions that we got in episode one, two, and three were awesome. And the classified missions were fine. Um, the NSA one that came well, episode two, maybe the NSA classified mission is one of my favorite things in this game. Um, it had some really cool background, um, to some people important to the first game and this game. So yeah, I thought this post was just a refreshing thing. The subreddit, if people have paid attention to it, can be rough. I would like to say that overall it's a good thing. Um, but there's some very there's a very loud, very vocal minority 
um, just like there is on Twitter and YouTube and so on and so forth, um, that just can't let it go. Um, if, if people are genuinely disappointed with Division Two, I, I feel for those people, especially if they feel like their money was wasted. Um, but when you're talking about being 11, 12 months into the game and people who haven't been happy with the game since day one or before the game even came out, um, who seem like they kind of base all of their content or everything they think and say or everything about their personality around crapping on a, the game that they supposedly don't even like and don't play anymore. You know, it, it's nice to see this other perspective. So again, another thing for you to check out if you can. And then another post that I think may become relevant somewhat soon it's kind of hard to tell but someone asking about like hey what's the deal with the castle settlement um you know if you remember from playing through division two originally um the castle settlement um, in theory was a working settlement when the game starts um, but then they get uh, bombed out with uh, dc 62 mortar rounds by the true sons who are mad that they're no longer um, paying their their penance and um they wipe out the settlement and the people who survive i, I believe went to uh, the theater and to the campus settlements. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's been a pretty common assumption for, for most people that at some point we're going to rebuild the castle settlement. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that um, my realistic theory is that uh, maybe episode one of year two, or, or maybe even, you know, after episode three, these, this new content they're talking about, maybe us completing a bunch of tasks and, and things to maybe bring back the castle settlement and help it get back on its feet. Um, my really pie in the sky idea for the castle would be if um, our agent in each of our instanced worlds um, became the leader of the castle settlement. And we basically got to kind of run that settlement, maybe decide what types of like vendors it would have come in and maybe manage some really basic systems of kind of a um, kind of a, a settlement uh, I don't know. I, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think that's the type of game they're trying to make. But man, it'd be so cool to be able to kind of like decide, you know, like some of the decorations and maybe you could decide on certain vendors that would be there and set up trade routes and stuff like that again. And you have to protect those routes. I, I think it's a lot. Um, I, I think that's, again, not going to be what this game is going to be. Uh, but, you know, I still think it's fun to dream. Uh, I've just learned over the last few years to be um, careful. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to jump into some listener questions. Uh, if you want to ask, uh, most of these came from Twitter and Discord. Uh, you can ask on the YouTube video comments. You can ask in my email on my Twitter page. You can ask on Twitter every Tuesday. I throw out a post um, asking for people to throw their ideas or their questions on it. Um, that is at Bond Diesel. Um, I do have a Discord server you can post on as well. Uh, so the first question or the first comment came from uh, SHD under uh, underscore Umbra on Twitter, uh, who said, do you think that Division 2 is not resonating with people the same way as it did the first game? And if so, why do you feel that might be? Um, I think the majority of people it resonates fine with or it did when it came out. Maybe those people, you know, have lost interest. You know, um, I don't. I think that there's a, a really loyal, um, you know, p a group of people on social media, specifically Twitter, but even on YouTube and Twitch and so on and so forth. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are just stuck on division one. Um, it was something special to them. I know it was for me. Um, 
I don't know if it's because I got to play Division 2 early because I got to see some stuff early and hear some things before others where, you know, long before Division 2 came out, I kind of accepted it was going to be a very different game from the first one. Um, maybe it's because I played the first game for over 4,500 hours and I burned out on it. Um, so I enjoy and I and I have fond memories of Division 1, but I never want to start Division 1 up ever again. Um, where I know some people, that's all they play now. Um, so I think that it it probably depends on the circle you run in, uh, whether or not, and whether or not you're on Twitter or not. Um, I, I've I've seen you know chitter chatter and some people being I think kind of deprecating to Division Two, saying you know I bet Division One has more players than Division Two because people are leaving Division. So the last thing I saw was that Division Two is pulling multi thousands still um, at peak times and player base. Um, in theory, now that's not on Steam, you can't really tell. But on Steam, I believe the peak player numbers are like three or four hundred. It's, it's. I, I, th- I think that people will get into Division One and they have these like full servers and they think like, oh my god, the DZ is popping off. There, there must be so many people playing Division One now. But I think what they don't realize is that even you know, it's probably a fairly small number of players. Um, but they're consolidated into servers, which makes it seem really active, which is amazing. That's great for people who want to do that. But for how Division 2 resonates, I I mean, I've been one to say that there's definitely things about Division 2 I, I don't like as much as Division 1. I, um, I, I, I think that, like, the player models, I, I, I think that they look really good in Division 2, but it's like they're, they're, like, animation skeleton, and their animations just seem weird sometimes, and their clothes just don't seem to fit right and they just they just seem kind of like weird like they don't seem they, they, there's like a there's a very weird way that they like even when they're just idle like just the way they look just looks odd where in the first game i thought they looked very natural and um and they looked really good and, and even just the models themselves the faces and stuff look i thought looked really good in division one and the hair and and all that and in Division 2, the, the hair is just atrocious. <laughs> it's so ugly. It's why I pretty much always run a character with a helmet or a hat on or something, because it is just bad. It looks so awful. Um, so there's definitely things that even I you know, don't resonate as well with, with Division 2, but um, I, mean, I mean, I would say you know the vast majority of the game, 90 to 95% of Division 2, I, I think is just a lot better. It's, you know, I, I have dabbled in Division 1 a little bit. It's been a long time. But after Division 2 came out, I did go back and play a little bit, mostly to get some footage for a video. But, I, I, I mean, I get it. I get why people, you know, that people like the snow. They like New York City. I, I totally get it. Those things were awesome. Um, but I think that the people who are really vocal about Division 2 not resonating with them, um, I just, I, I don't know if they've given it a fair go. Um, I, I don't know if they if they really want to like it as much or more. Um, I think that maybe they've kind of dug their feet in and decided that Division 1 was the game that they really liked and Division 2 isn't, and that's fine. Um, but I would say for the vast majority of people, it resonates just fine. Uh, Zeka on Twitter said, um, how much do you think the gap between announcing changes and the changes coming, uh, into place hurt the game? I think that's one of the biggest problems of division two. Um, I, I mean, they run a weird, uh, balance right now. And, you know, if they say episode three comes in the middle of February, if they would have been radio silent until the first week of February, um, it, that would have been bad. You know, it's New Year. People expect news of some type. 
um, or even with these changes that are going to come after episode three. So I suspect all these gear changes and stuff are going to come two, three weeks, maybe a month or two after episode three releases. I think it'll be sooner and later. Um, you know, if they didn't tell us anything about this stuff until after episode three came out I, again, I think that it would be worse. Um, I, I do think that, you know, people being excited for it and then having to wait for it maybe isn't ideal. Um, but I do think it's better than people not hearing anything at all. Uh, Joe Polidoro says uh, on discord, uh, do you think it's reasonable for players to be upset with massive if they um, were to continue delaying content? just to release it in future updates that would uh, otherwise have a lack of new content. Um, as far as I know, the only delayed content we've had is the raid. Um, I, I know a lot of people think, you know, I've seen a lot of fun little rumors about, Oh, they're, you know, they, they, they're cutting back on, um, you know, how many people are working on division and stuff like that. Um, this is anecdotal, but I, I at least know of, um, or I talked to, um, a, a more than a handful of developers and, and art people and stuff like that. And as far as I know, I don't know any of them who aren't still working on division two. Um, so I don't know what they've been working on. I try not to pry and they know what they can tell me and what they can't. Um, but, but the people who I know wouldn't still be working on it if they weren't working on significant things. Um, so I, I mean, as far as I know, I, I, I suspect something happened with the raid that there's like, there's like a significant problem or these upcoming gear changes, which I assume they've been working on for months, uh, were going to impact the raid so much that it was better for them to delay it until after a gear score raise and after the, all the changes that we're getting, um, and then introduce the raid in a situation where they, um, could take advantage of these changes. And, and that's what I think is more than likely. So I, I don't, I, I think what they're doing is fine. I, I, my biggest thing for the next year of division is going to be that they just be a lot more transparent with what is coming or what they're planning on bringing us. Uh, Mick short on discord gives me a few questions as always uh, for, for bond and lady bond. Uh, who's your favorite Scottish actor or actress? So I'm gonna be straight up. I I don't I don't know. You can hear me typing. So let's see. From a quick glimpse, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> uh, you got some live action happening here. Uh, I oh well, I can tell you who Bay Diesel's would be. It'd be Gerard Butler. Um, she loves that man, despite all of the God awful movies he is in for me, I guess I would say Sean Connery. He's quite awesome. So sorry for the kind of terrible answer, but that's what you get. Uh, now what's your barbecue sauce of choice? Well, I don't know if you have it. Um, but here we have a brand called sweet baby rays. Uh, and that is my favorite. That's my favorite brand of hot sauces. They have like a Buffalo sauce as well. And then the last thing, what's the weirdest food sensation you and Lady Bond have tried and liked? Um, man, we're like the least interesting people on earth when it comes to being like experimental with food. With me, I'd probably say like calamari. Uh, and with her, I literally have no idea. <laughs> she's she's pretty basic when it comes to food. And, and not to say that calamari is all that interesting. Um, 
I, the only place I get it is from like a chain restaurant. So, uh, but yeah, so sorry for the terrible answers make short, but I do appreciate the questions. Uh, Shami soul on discords, uh, has kind of a long one here says, I have a theory that you can call tinfoil hat or fan fiction or whatever, but seeing the lineup of games are coming out of Ubisoft, this new and next, uh, I feel like a lot of resources have been pulled away from current games to the new out there. Um, the very fact that content we got so far has been nothing short of small and disappointing, um, compared to how they keep, um, speaking about and hyping it up. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. And also, if that's the case, do you think year two will be more of the same since just a raid was delayed almost? So, so the, the delay of the raid I already kind of talked about, um, I, Ubisoft is, is really compartmentalized. So, um, them pushing back watchdogs and, um, whatever that other RPG game, I forget, or the, the like Zelda type game that they were doing. I, I really don't think that's impacted division at all. Um, especially after seeing the, the amount of money that division made last year. Um, I think division's fine. What, what I think has happened, and this is mostly off my speculation is that, um, at the end of development of division two, when work began on the DLC for year one, um, I assume that massive for the most part was focused on finishing division two in the, in the base game. Um, I believe that, uh, between Leamington and Annecy, uh, that they worked on episode one and two. Um, and I don't know who's doing three. Um, my guess is massive, but maybe it's other studios. Um, what I think is that, uh, massive's responsibility was getting the game out in as good a shape as possible. Um, and what I'm hoping for year two is that now that the game is out and they're working on all this stuff, um, I suspect that's why like we're getting these gear changes now is that, uh, this is a result of massive, um, having released the game, gotten the game into a decent technical state, and now they're able to start working on the game again. Um, and what I'm hoping for from year two is that it's DLC that's made and designed or at least led by massive again. Um, what I think year one was a little lackluster because one, it was free content. Um, so they just, you know, weren't able to invest, uh, the way that they would have had it been paid content and that, um, they are working on other stuff. Um, I I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think year two is going to be a paid DLC. Um, I, I hope it's reasonably priced and they're very transparent about what's coming. Um, but I, I think, and maybe my everlasting optimism that year two will be a lot more impressive than year one, um, because of who's going to work on it and that it will probably be paid content of some type. Okay. Uh, Kakarot on discord says, why are there no NPCs in the safe houses aside from the settlements? Um, so the impression I'm under, uh, I don't really remember my sources, so you'll have to trust me is that the whole idea is that since this is like six months after the first game, that the idea is that, um, most of the people like living in the streets or, um, you know, and things like that have found shelter in the settlements. Um, the people who have survived are surviving together. And that in the first game that was shortly after the disaster started. And so the safe houses were safe houses for everyone. And now the safe houses in division two are more like um, kind of hideouts for the agents. 
Um, and, and that, that's why that there's not people in them that in the first game, the safe houses were like refuges for, for citizens. And now they, um, they, they have settled in settlements and the, the safe houses have kind of a different purpose. Um, that's the way it seems to me, at least that's my best explanation. Uh, Frost Faction on Discord said, with all the work that has went into changing the game, as mentioned today in the stay of the game, do you think that effort will impact quality of the content we see in year two in terms of resources timeline? So um, so these changes that we're about to see, will that take away from what we could have gotten in year two? I, I don't think so. And if you want me to be honest, kind of what I was saying uh, on Shami's question, um, I, I honestly think people should actually be encouraged about year two because of these big and these good changes happening to the game, um, because it means that, you know, hopefully Massive has gone from finishing Division 2, like they probably did the first six months or so, and now they're getting to expand it um, and not maybe relying on other studios um, to do that. So um, I, I, it actually doesn't worry me, at least right now, it actually um, encourages me and I, I hope that the the treatment that gear is getting is the same type of treatment that new content is going to get and so on and so forth. Uh, then the last question here from truth on discord uh, with the hinting at uh, more things to do in a higher uh, level cap during today's state of the game, mentioning player roles. Do you think uh, they will introduce more specializations? Is there any that you would like to see? What do you think about breaking down the specializations we already have? something like combat medic explosive specialist heavy weapons. Um, so I think that the higher level cap and more things to do probably has to do with just raising the power level and probably having some more activities in the game. Um, God, I hope it's not just missions. I hope there's other things. If people remember for the last, um, PTS, uh, there were some things that leaked out like, um, global events, uh, and some other stuff. So, I don't think people should be surprised if those things come in year two and that may be some of this new content. And um, when it comes to the, um, like the current specializations in year two, I'm sure they're going to add more. I, I have a feeling that's going to be uh, a running theme through the entire life of the game. Um, what they do with old ones though, will be interesting. I'm, I'm really curious too, if all these gear changes and all of these balances they're doing are going to be, um, are going to change the specializations as well, because, to be totally honest, I've, I found like the weapons of the specializations to be like kind of neat, but kind of underwhelming as well. So, um, I am kind of curious to, if they ever would take any of those offline to introduce new ones. Um, but kind of what you were saying at the end, I actually wouldn't be surprised if maybe we do see some type of more like role based specializations. Um, since it seems like they are going to try to kind of push people to take, you know, more specific roles. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that would be cool if they did that, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Uh, so I appreciate questions from everyone. Like I said before, uh, yeah. Twitter, YouTube, Discord, uh, all those places you can ask questions, and uh, I'll be happy to answer them next week. Uh, okay, so some content updates. Um, I have actually been uploading uh, my streams to YouTube um, after 24 hours, uh, so I don't break any rules I'm aware of. Um, for YouTube, you have to have over a thousand subs and over 4,000 viewing hours in the last year to get kind of like partners on there. Uh, I have the subs, uh, but I'm like a hundred hours short of the viewing. So I've been putting those streams up. If you ever want to see my streams and kind of want to treat it as like a podcast and listen to it in the background, 
uh, I'd appreciate it. If not, it's all good. Um, but I do like uploading those. I think that's a good way to get my content out there. Um, I do want to try to do, you know, go back to some Intel insights. You know, I, I want to do a discussion about episode three once it comes out and kind of, you know, recap my feelings on that. Maybe kind of talk about year one as a whole. Um, my year two or my episode two video is one of my more successful ones I've ever done. Same with, uh, I think Kinley College was relatively popular as well. So um, I am still streaming Escape from Tarkov for now, but I know with all this news coming and, uh, you know, an update coming for episode three, I'll definitely be jumping back on to Division two on stream uh, relatively soon. I do still have some control points stuff to do and some commendations. So I'll probably come back before episode three but i'm really enjoying escape from Tark tarkov so uh, give me another week or two of that and i'll uh i'll probably get it out of my system um i still do want to do something special for the hundredth episode of this podcast the echo cast so i'm planning on probably doing a live show uh, maybe taking some like live questions and do like a q a um and then maybe do some giveaways of merch and Maybe I'll contact uh, Ubisoft and see if I can get any um, any codes or get maybe even some like um, some like credits or something I can give to people. But we'll uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Okay, well uh, that's about all I have for this week. So if you want to support the podcast or my other content, please check out Patreon.com/slash the echo cast if you're on itunes listening to this please rate the podcast and leave a review or if you're on any other platform that allows you to rate and review um, i try to go through and read all of them and i really do appreciate the feedback uh, i am bond diesel on twitch where i try to stream three or four times a week i am also at bond diesel on twitter where you can catch my stay of the game recaps uh, some uh, random thoughts and rantings and maybe even a good old sub tweet every now and then uh, last, if you want some cool uh, The Echo Cast or Bond Diesel merch, I actually just updated this. Check out bonddiesel.live slash merch. And uh, that's all I have. So, until next time. I'm <laughs> sorry.